our Savior. Kind of came out in the children's lesson, and what Michaels are going to go do over in Haiti is proclaim the name of Jesus to those people there and uh, try to lend a helping hand. <clears throat> Why don't we have a word of prayer before we proceed? <clears throat> Dear Lord, we come to you this morning in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are our Heavenly Father and we can come to you. Thank you that you are a God and we can trust you. We can be your people. Thank you for that cleansing blood that washes away our sins. Thank you that you've paid that price for us, Lord, in sending your son to die on that cruel cross so that we can be made whole, we can be made pure, we can be made righteous only through the blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay in that blood, Father, and that we'd hide behind the cross and allow you to live in and through us. We could be your hands, Father. We could be your people. We could be the testimony that the world is looking for, that Jesus is alive. It's not just another religion, but it is a living and a, uh, a power in our lives. Help us, Father, to, uh, to uh, be the salt to the world that we need to be and that you want us to be, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I feel... Kind of scattered. This morning I, uh, I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, for some reason I don't feel like I have my thoughts quite in order like uh, I like to have when I am asked to give a message. <clears throat> I was uh, had some things going yesterday and tried to find time to study and see what God would have me to say, and it just seemed like it was work. And uh, But I feel like God spoke to me a few things that I feel I need in my life. So I share this as a testimony. I don't know that it will necessarily be a whole hour, but I hope that uh, what I share, God can use in our lives. And uh, for a scripture reading, I'd like to turn to John 15. John 15, beginning in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, and that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye, abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. 
so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made, un made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye shall go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit shall remain that your fruit shall remain, that whatsoever ye ask shall ask in, of the Father in my name, he may give it, give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were in the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember, the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no other man did, they had not, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom will I send unto you from the Father? Even the Spirit of truth, truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. I guess uh, <clears throat> what I want to touch on and what I feel is a need in my life, what God is speaking to me is the importance of being in Jesus, in Christ, in God. There's many examples in the Old Testament if you think of, or you could kind of say examples if you think of Noah and the ark. That was kind of a foreshadow of maybe of Christ coming and his salvation. <clears throat> Those people, they could believe in the ark. They could see the ark. They might, even, they might have even believed that it would float. But there's only one thing that they had to do to be saved, and that is get into the ark. They could, they could have tried to hang on to the outside, and they could have said, it's going to work, it's going to work. But unless they got into the ark, it did them nothing. Is that how my spiritual life is sometimes? Do I see the works of Jesus, the works of God in other people's lives? Do I believe in my heart that Jesus, what he said, is true? But is it working for me? Am I in Christ? Take, for instance, the armor, of, uh, the armor our helmet of salvation, our, sh our, sh our sword, our shield of faith, and our sword of uh, the word of God. Unless we put those things on, they won't work for us. 
How many times do I feel? I know sometimes I feel like, boy, the shield of faith just, it, somehow I'm getting hit by these fiery darts. Somehow it's getting through. It's not getting through. I'm not behind it. Did, uh, when Jesus was here on the earth, was the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the, uh, the temptations, were they able to get through to him? They weren't. And as solid of, of, of a barrier, or as much as they were not able to get through to Jesus, so they can't get through to me and you if we're behind that shield. That shield is, is miles wide, is as, as brazen as it gets. There is no possible way that those darts can get through if I'm behind. The helmet of salvation. We are saved. There is nothing that can take us out of the salvation of Christ unless we put that salvation off ourselves. Our sword, the sword, the word of God, that will slay every giant in our path if we're behind that sword, if we're using it. In Christ, all the way through Paul, you know, a lot of Paul's writings, it seems like he over and over talked about being in Christ. Our position as a, as a Christian is who we are, not, well, maybe I should say it this way, is where we are. Not so much that I can do this, or not at all that I can do this, but it's where I am. It's in Christ. It is, it is take for instance an airplane. They, uh, they, they're very, they're very interesting. Uh, I, I'm always amazed when I'm standing in an airport and I see these massive birds take off and defy the law of gravity. How good would it do if I would go out there and I would start singing praises to this airplane, or I would start writing poems about this airplane, or I would start, I would believe in this airplane, and I could even maybe try to figure out how this thing works. And, and kind of try to s- simulate it in my own strength. You know how futile that would be. I would look like an idiot standing out there making my hands go around like the turbines. It wouldn't get you anywhere. Is that sometimes how God looks at us in our Christian life? How ridiculous. And, and all we have to do is get into that airplane. We don't have to do anything in there. We are overtaken. We can, by getting into that airplane, we defy the law of gravity, the law of sin and death. And we have overcome that by the law of aerodynamics. Aerodynamics. As long as we stay in there, we can defy that. We can overcome. So let's say we're flying along and we decide, you know, I kind of got this figured out. I understand how this works. This airplane kind of gave me a head start. I'm in, in going, I'm in full motion. I think if I just open the door and, and take off, I could do this. Well, we know what would happen then. If we're inside that airplane, we don't have to do anything other than stay inside. Is that how I'm living my Christian life? Am I, am I winning the law of gravity? in my Christian life or is that overtaking me as soon as we think we can do this I can do this on myself the Bible says that we should take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ do we bring our thoughts do I bring my thoughts into captivity and then decide or to figure out how 
not sure if I can quite explain what I'm trying to think uh, here, but do I bring these thoughts into captivity and then try to do them, do with them what I think needs to be done? Or do I realize that only in Christ can I succeed these temptations that the devil may bring by bringing them into captivity and bringing them under the influence or the power of the sword of the gospel? When Jesus was tempted in by the devil, he brought those thoughts or those, those times under captivity by the word of God, and he won the battle. When I'm tempted, do I just think by my own strength, I'm not going to do this, or I'm going to do better next time, or I'm going to be more like Christ next time? That doesn't work if we try to do it in our own strength. Once we get into that airplane, so to speak, or once we get behind or in Christ, all of a sudden our Christian life begins to work. We begin to have the victory. All of a sudden the fiery darts don't hit us. All of a sudden the word of God works for us. It slays our giants. So a good a good uh, gauge is how are my giants doing in my life? Are they overtaking me? Do I feel pressed down by the law of gravity? There is nothing we have to do to succeed, to defy the law of gravity, except get in that airplane, be in the spirit of Christ, be in Christ. And sometimes that's hard work. Or some, I don't know if you say hard work, but sometimes that's, that's a challenge just to resign to Christ's will and say, I can't, this is out of my power. In Acts 17, verse 28, the Bible says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, For we are also his offspring. For in him we live. For in him we have our being. Not of ourselves. Because it is so futile if we try to do it ourselves. And as I was thinking of just being in Christ, and uh, the challenge came to me of the armor that God gives us. The cloak of righteousness. When we come to our end in life and stand before, before God, are we going to pull out of our pockets? Are we going to pull up to ourselves and say, this is what I bring? Or are we clothed with the cloak of righteousness? Are we in Christ? If you think about clothes, the purpose for clothes is to be inside them. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter if you have a big pile on the ground, if they're hanging out in the wash line, if you're standing beside them. If you don't have them on, they're not going to do what they were designed to be, and that is for you to be in them. The same with God's righteousness. It is design, it is, we are supposed to be in his righteousness, in Christ. It doesn't matter how close, how, how much we want to be, act almost like. If we're not in, it's not going to cover what it is made to do. <clears throat> Romans 3 verse 24 I'd like to read a verse there being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God it is a free gift this is not something that we earn but it is something we have to place ourselves into. 
It is, a, it is our position that we get into Christ and not try to flap our own wings and uh, fly by ourselves. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, that Greek word, or there's, a, there's two Greek words for new in the New Testament. One of them is, I'm not sure if I can pronounce them all, but the, one of them is neos, I believe, is kind of how it's said, refers to something that has just been made. It's something that has been made new, something that there's many others of. But this Greek word in this, in this passage is, um, I'm not here. Kainos or something like that. That means there is something that has been made that is there's nothing else like. Kind of like when God spoke the sun into existence out of nothing. There is nothing else like it. And I believe that happens to us. When God takes our old, our old nature, he doesn't, or takes our old nature, gives us a new one. He doesn't just clean up our old one and now we just have a new one kind of like our old one. He gives us a completely new one with new desires, new, uh, new ambitions, and something that we know is not from within ourselves. That is what that, that Greek word there in, the, in, in uh, verse 17 says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. There is none other. Behold, all things become new. That is what we are in Christ. Now, when we are in Christ... We still, just because we are in Christ, kind of like being in this airplane, doesn't necessarily mean we have abolished the law of gravity. If we step out of it, it's right there to take over. If we step out of Christ, that doesn't mean all of a sudden we have no more. If, if we take on this new cre- creation or this, if Christ has a regeneration, you know, are born again and we get a new, a new, our new creature, that doesn't mean all of a sudden we have no temptations. But it means we have a new, we have a armor now that is superior to it. It cannot overtake us. But when we step out from that and we think we can do it on our own, we get overtaken by that. Isn't it interesting that it takes work to stay, let's say, in this airplane, or it takes work to stay in Christ and to, to, defy the law of sin and death it takes no work to be overcome by it and that when that thought i was reading online and and uh there was this individual that was writing about this and he said and it it struck me he said it takes work to stay in christ and to to be that new creature it takes no work to be an old creature and that can be overtaken. Our, our old nature can kind of come back if we don't feed our, new, our, our Christian life. If we don't stay behind Christ and we just ignore it, our spiritual life will wane. And uh, that old creature wants to come in and take over. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us, reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and hath given, us, hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. In Christ we are regenerated, renewed, and born again. This new creation is spiritually minded, whereas the old nature is carnally minded. The new nature fellowships with God, obeys his will, and devotes it to his service. Our desires change. We are now in Christ. I had to, uh, the challenge I guess for me is, do I have that armor on? Am I behind it? David often in Psalm refers to Jesus as his fortress, his strong tower. Imagine again with me. If we were to stand on the outside of this strong fortress and there would be enemies shooting at us, it does us no good unless all we do is step in. Then the wall is invincible. A strong tower where, we, uh, where, uh, where they hide in, it does us no good how much we believe in it, how much we see it, how much we even see it work for other people if we don't. Step in and uh, make a decision to be in Christ. It won't work for us. How good is my Christian life working? I guess that uh, is a challenge for me. Is my Christian life working? If not, it's not Christ's fault. It's my position. I'm outside of the, uh, of the fortress. If we belong to Christ, we are no longer slaves to sin. We have overcome him by the word of their testimony and the, by the blood of the lamb we are on the winning side <clears throat> many different verses that we can't near that i can't near turn to all of uh, of what happens when we're in him colossians 2 10 says i'm complete in him ephesians 2 5 i'm alive with christ romans 8 2 i am free from the law of sin and death isaiah 54 i am far from oppression and we don't have to live in fear. Fear did not was not able to get through Christ. Neither will it get through to us if we hold up that shield of faith. We are holy and blameless before God if we're in Christ. Ephesians 1 and 4. We have the mind of Christ. We have peace that passes all understandings. Philippians 4, 7. The spirit of God who is greater than the enemy in this world lives inside of me and I in him. 1 John 4, we have received abundant grace through Christ Jesus, Romans 5. I have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We can receive the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and, and revelation if we are in Christ and the hope of glory, Ephesians 1:17. We are renewed in the knowledge of God, no longer living to our old ways and nature. If we accept Christ, Colossians, God supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory. Philippians 4.19. In all circumstances, we live by faith in God, extinguishing, quenching the fiery darts that come our way. We are chosen of God, called out, set apart, a peculiar people. 1 Peter. We are born again, spiritually transformed, renewed. We are set apart for God's purpose through the living and everlasting word of God. 
We are God's workmanship. When we are in Christ, God designs us and molds us like he wants us to be. We are a workmanship of God. And he, as he prepared for me, we are a workmanship of God created in Christ to do good works that he has prepared for me to do. We are a new creation, like we read in 2 Corinthians. In Christ, we are dead to sin. We are alive to God. We have unbroken fellowship with God in Romans 6. The light of God's truth has shone in our hearts and hath given us knowledge of salvation through Christ. We hear and understand the word of God. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are more than conquerors through his, through his blood. We have overcome the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We have everything we need to live godly in Christ Jesus and are equipped to quench and to win the good fight in first, Second Peter. We are an ambassador for Christ. We are part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a purchased people. I am righteous. We stand righteous before God. Nothing that we have done simply because of our position as a Christian. We are in right standing with God, our, our Father. Second Corinthians, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We belong to him. We are the light of the world. In Matthew, it says, we are the light of the world. We are chosen by God, forgiven, justified through Christ, Romans and Colossians. We have been rescued from the domain and the power of darkness and been brought into God's kingdom. I am redeemed. We are redeemed from the curse of sin. My life is rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. He gives us the peace that passes all understanding and the joy unspeakable. I am called to a holy life by the, God of, by the grace of God and declare his praises in the world. We are healed and made whole in Christ. We are saved and raised up with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians. We are greatly loved by God, for God so loved the world, like it says in John 3.16. We are strengthened with all power according to his glorious might in Colossians. I press each day to fulfill God's plan for my life. We have, God has a plan for our life in Philippians 3. <clears throat> we are not ruled by fear because the Holy Spirit lives in me and gives me power and love and self-control. Christ lives in me. I live by faith and in him and in his love for me in Galatians. So all these things that we are and we can have and we are, we, we are to be in Christ... Is that my testimony? Am I, am I rising up above the, uh, the power or the gravity of, you could say, our, our spiritual well-being or our spiritual life? Do I find myself in that flight and defying what the devil, where the devil wants me to be? <clears throat> I believe that... Uh, that is the difference between the true Christian and one that just says he is, or one that uh, one that 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 sets us apart. That sets us apart when we're on the winning side. When we can, when people can say, or when I can say, it's not me; it's Christ within me that dwells in me, that gives me the nature of His of of Christ. <clears throat> I'd like to turn yet to. Matthew 22, 
beginning in verse 1 through 14. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain man which had a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, and my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servant, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. And when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then said he to his servant, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servant, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. I guess here what just came to me is this man that was invited to this wedding and did not put on that garment. Basically, probably close to the only difference between him and everybody else was that he was not in his wedding garment. He might have had one. I don't know. Um, He might have been given one. He might have had it sitting there on the chair beside him. But he was not in his wedding garment. And he was cast out and was cast aside. Am I in the wedding garment that Christ has given to me to live here on this earth so that we can be reconciled with him, Jesus Christ? Am I in him? Have I put that on and am I staying in, in, uh, in there? I guess that, uh, that has been a challenge. That, that's what spoke to me the last, when I started doing some studying, is just the simplicity of my position in Christ. Is my Christian life working? That's a good gauge. And I have to say, sometimes I feel like I'm getting hit by darts. But it's not the shield's fault. It, it, God has given us. As, as sure as those, uh, those darts did not get through to Jesus, so sure can I be they will not get through to me if I'm at the right place. If I see my position in Christ, and, and God makes a way for that to, to be accomplished in our lives, and, and uh, it, takes, it takes, I believe it takes communication. It takes communion with God to be at that right place, because in and through ourselves, even though we may, I may know how this is supposed to work, I may, I may see it working in other people, as much as we know, our knowledge does not give us the ability to do it. Just like, you know, um, those airplanes or whatever. We may know how they work. The mechanics may know how they work. But that in itself will not be able to make those men fly by themselves. It is simply their position if they're inside. So I hope that can be an encouragement and a, to each one of us that this week, 
in the days to come that we could find ourselves in Christ. I believe that that can give us so much victory in our Christian life, in our, in our relationships with each other, in our relationships with our, you know, our uh, neighbors, our, our Christian testimony is at stake with this thing. Many people say that, oh, the Christians are just hypocrites. Look, they say one thing and they do another. It's, it's because they're not in Christ. You can't do what you're saying if you're not in Christ. And how many times am I found guilty of that when I know what is right, but I can't do it because I'm not in the position that I need to be of humility, of, uh, you know, in Christ, of seeing him as my all in all and, and what I need. Because I want my testimony to be clear that, uh, that where I stand in Christ is nothing that I can do but simply through the salvation and power of, the, of, the, of his son, dear, of Jesus Christ. So hopefully that can be an encouragement. May the Lord bless.